And welcome to another edition of what I like to call From Nonsense to God Sense, as we take a look at some of the things that go on in this world from a biblical perspective. And if you uh, were living under a rock, perhaps, then you missed the first presidential debate. Now, granted, I wasn't living under a rock, but I did miss the debate because I had other things going on. But there was some pretty good fireworks going on in Cleveland on uh, last night, the morning after we're taping the uh, this podcast. And uh, Dan Dozell is with me, author at the uh, Christian Post, a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska. And, and Dan, you were able to see the debates, and I've read plenty on it, and I kind of had an idea mm-hmm. what the debates were going to be about going into it, uh, minus the specifics of what the candidates would say or the debaters would actually say. But I kind of had a feeling it would be a circus. It turned out to be that way. I kind of had a feeling that it would be kind of a, a two-on-one. Um, mm-hmm which it turned out to be Biden-Wallace versus uh, Trump. Um, right. The interesting thing is a lot of people were surprised that Chris Wallace was ganging up on Trump, even though he's on Fox News, and a lot of people equate Fox News with a more conservative uh, viewpoint. Right. But again, you know, people don't understand that Trump has a history with people well before he got into politics, and that kind of mm-hmm. has bled into his political career. But um, but you brought up the idea that, you know, in this conversation with the, the, the debate last night and with the way things were, that there were some things that you pointed out uniquely different from the political pundits that you saw that was quite interesting to talk about. And so um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of take a look at the debate, not through the political spectrum and not through the political yeah. eyes, but through a biblical right. perspective. And since you actually saw the debates um, I'll let you start yeah. the conversation with what you thought, with your opinions, and just get the conversation going from your point of view and what you saw. You bet. So I know, hey, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast here again today. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I watched uh, watched the uh, the debate with my family. And I think like so many people, Son, um, it, was, it was difficult to watch from the standpoint of all of the electricity um, all of the interrupting, all of the um, kind of the just the the comments that were being made um, by by both candidates, um, uh, and especially the interruptions, you know, that uh, President Trump was 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 making there. And, and I just I, I was wondering, you know, last night and then even today a bit. I mean, you know, is that part of his strategy? Was he trying to throw you know Biden off of his game? But, but, you know, really from a, from a, a, a spiritual and Christian perspective, I was thinking about it this way, Fon. You know, I was thinking how different that approach is from, for example, let's say the way that President Reagan uh, approached things, you know, um, very polished, very, I mean, he would, he would bring in, um, uh, you know, you know, zingers. I mean, what, what was his famous comment to, uh, well, Walter Mondale, you know, I knew Jack Kennedy and you know, you know, Jack Kennedy. I mean, so, I mean, that one always, he, that was a beautiful line that he made, but, but it was made with enough respect for, um, the situation that he was in. And, and what struck me last night, I guess, is, um, and, and, and as strong of a conservative as I am, and as much as I appreciate, for example, son, just the incredible uh, selections that President Trump has made uh, for the Supreme Court. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit today about Amy Coney Barrett. Um, as much as I appreciate him being, who you know, a person I believe is probably the most pro-life president we've ever had, uh, as much as I appreciate, um, you know, just his his approach to law and order, um, there was there was that distraction of the constant interruptions and what, what really um, did not appear to be, you know, very respectful for the setting that he was in. You know, we, we've all heard him, whether it be at a, a, a military event or at, at, at maybe at a ceremony or, you know, he, he can be very presidential. He can be very, um, uh, very much under control. Um, but this was just kind of letting loose to the point where it, it just, I think, it did get in the way. Uh, now, um, I don't think it probably changed many people's plans for who they're going to vote for, because if you're conservative, um, more than likely you're going to vote for Trump. If you're liberal, you're more than likely going to vote for Biden. Um, but I, I did make it hard to uh, to get through. And I, I've even seen today that, you know, the presidential uh, uh, debate commission there, they're going to uh, look at, 
you know, making some changes to the format. So uh, the last thing I'll say, just as we kind of get going here today, Son, is there, there's that statement, you know, to Christians, it's one thing if the gospel offends someone, it's another thing if you do. And I was thinking about that in, in relation to like the way President Trump um, dealt with things last night. And I kind of th- thought to myself, you know, it's one thing if conservative values offend someone. But it's another thing if a politician does or a president. Um, and, and so I just wonder, I mean, could he have been less offensive in his manner and, and, and made the points just as strongly, and I think even stronger, if, if he'd have focused more on that and at times just stopping, um, you know, what he was saying and, and allowing, you know, Joe Biden to do more talking. So but from that standpoint, I don't think that um, – I, I don't think that he was very well well prepared. I can't imagine that um, that it was a strategy uh, of his team to really go against what they had all, I think, agreed on, which is, you know, each, each person is going to get two minutes. And because he interrupted Biden so many times during Biden's two minutes, and, and I agree, I mean, I, I think Chris Wallace was definitely – he seemed to be, you know, much more on the side of Biden. If he, yeah, I know he's not supposed to take sides, but if you just look at uh, look at it ob- objectively, um, it was almost like Trump. And Trump even said this at one time: "Is it like two against one here?" Um, but but that was my my impression of it. Um, and there were other things that I'm sure we'll talk about today that came up. You know, little little points here and there uh, that were part of the debate. But I, I just wish that he'd have been more uh, under under more self control. Because, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, the ninth thing listed is self-control. I did not have a sense that, that he was really under control. And, and this is the difference between, say, a Mike Pence and, and Donald Trump. Um, I mean, I've never, ever seen Mike Pence anything but under control. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that Mike Pence spoke at the prayer gathering on Saturday, uh, the prayer march in Washington led by Franklin Graham. Um, I was hoping to hear more last week from President Trump about that prayer march, especially since it was going to take place on the day when he announced uh, his uh, Supreme Court uh, selection. And I just don't have the sense that President Trump probably went into the week or to the debate with enough spiritual armor, um, uh, enough of an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him. He did not strike me as a man last night who was really speaking under, under the control of the Holy Spirit, he was just more a, a loose cannon. And I think he can do better. I think he can do better. I mean, I know in other contexts he, he seems to control himself. And so when Mike Pence, you know, debates, I think it's next Wednesday, um, I think that will maybe give President Trump an example of how to still hit the point, you know, hit all the conservative points, address all of the dangers of liberalism and socialism and anarchy and Antifa and, and abortion and, and all of these things. Um, but to do so, son, in a way that is more diplomatic, you can be forceful, you can be strong, but you don't have to be so, um, I guess, brash and almost bullying to the point where it almost becomes obnoxious. Because just, you know, you ask a guy a question and, you know, he's not going to have a very good answer because his position on it is is very weak or very wrong. But rather than letting him answer, you keep interrupting him. And that's kind of what happened last night on so many occasions. And so that that part of it was disappointing. But, um, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where hopefully he'll, you know, he will will change uh, for the next two debates that he has with Biden. You know, Dan, when Trump got into office, the evangelical Christian Christians kind of jumped on that Trump train. And a lot of people started to look at Trump as a Christian president. Now, I'm not going to call out the guy's religion. I know nothing about his heart. Mm -hmm. That's between him and God. Um, like you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned the fruit of the spirits because we do know Christians by their, uh, mm-hmm. by their fruit. However, yeah. there's also a lot of Christians who are bashing Trump whose fruit isn't, uh, ripe right, right. now either. So again, right. that whole judging thing. But do you think that we put too much emphasis on Trump as a Christian? Because here's the, here's the, the, the correlation. Yeah. Um, recently, like you mentioned, Amy Comey Barrett, um, mm-hmm. okay, she's a Catholic. And so in the, in the world of Catholicism, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pro-life, 
pro-choice is a huge division because it's my understanding as a Catholic, you don't even use birth control because there's that chance of, you know, taking a life. And so therefore that's why, um, the, the abortion issue is so big, but you take a look at somebody like Biden, for example, and Pelosi and any number of people that are Catholic, um, and yet they're pro-abortion. They're pro-choice, yeah. and it goes against their faith. But nobody really yeah. cares about that. They kind of dismiss that, and they don't really make it an issue as, as a religious issue to yeah. them, but it's a political issue. Yeah. So my point yeah. is, do you think that with Trump, do you think that because of the, the evangelical Christian, the Christians that jumped on, and I use evangelical mm-hmm. because that tends to be the, the hot-button word of, of Christian that people like to use associated with Trump. Right. But do you think that we give too much credence to Trump as a Christian politician versus just a politician and therefore he kind of gets a bad rap because we expect more from him it's kind of like the um you know the preacher's kid the preacher's kids always usually growing up the worst kid in in church you know kind of kind of scenario because he's the one always kind of getting in trouble he's the one that's kind of mischievous you know because he's around it all the time but then um so and and much more is expected from him and he just can't Mm -hmm. be a kid or she just can't be a kid and so do you think we put too much emphasis into trump and his religion and expect too much from him when we should just be really looking at policies because like you mentioned last night with the debate you know yes he should have probably been these things but on the flip side is his policies and things that he's doing for this country, you know, yeah. actions speaking louder than words, is is that what we should be focusing on? What do you think? Well, I tell you, son, from my own perspective on that, I don't think that I put much thought or emphasis on on Trump as a as a Christian in that role. Um, from from this standpoint, um, you know, he doesn't wear his Christianity on his sleeve, but then you could argue that, um, that, you know, Pence, Pence doesn't either, but his actions speak so loudly. The fruit of his life is, is so evident. And, and I, I think, you know, I think many Christians after all these years of, of looking at politics and, and, um, you know, trying to discern how our, our Christian faith uh, is to intersect with that kingdom of the world, you know, um, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of the world. Um, I, I think many Christians have become, um, you know, aware that we, we don't, we're not wanting a theologian in chief, but, but if the president is a Christian, then we want somebody to, you know, live for Christ, you know, um, you know, Amy Coney Barrett is a beautiful light for the Lord, um, Mike Pence is a beautiful light for the Lord. Um, I mean, I, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I'm much more drawn to, um, to Donald Trump's conservative decisions that he'll make, for example, on a Supreme Court selection or on a, uh, a pro-life issue or on a law and order issue uh, or on a, you know, less government uh, issue. And, and, and whereas, um, I, I think that say, uh, bigger government or socialist agenda, I think that's dangerous for a nation. I mean, look at Venezuela, um, their economy has, has, has crumbled. Um, you know, they, they, they're having difficulty even getting clean water to people. I mean, all sorts of problems. I mean, socialism that was raised up in that country as this, this great ideal, uh, has just, been so deadly. So, so on a, just a, a, an earthly perspective, I, I think that is something that I'm, I'm so appreciative of that President Trump um, understands the dangers of that and that he has been so pro-life, um, that he has been um, so pro-family, you know, in, in, in many ways. Um, but as far as expecting much out of him as a Christian, um, I think we as Christians in America we're we're very thankful if the president of the United States is a Christian and, and we tend to be very hopeful uh, that uh, the president is born again, if he's giving lip service to that. Um, And then we tend to look at, you know, his, his life and his decisions um, as opportunities for there to be evidence, you know, of, of his faith. Um, But I don't personally 
you know, uh, expect more out of him because he's, you know, a, a professing Christian. Um, for, from this standpoint, son, um, I would expect the kind of decency and, and wisdom, you know, that, that, that we see in, in, in other politicians. Um, you know, wh- whether Trump was confessing, you know, faith in Christ or not, I'm very thankful for, you know, how many Christian friends he has. I mean, here, you know, here's the thing, son, to me, too, that's just amazing with Donald Trump, okay? Uh, and I think, I, I think, I, I do believe um, he knows the Lord. Um, I, I'm not aware of any president who has picked a better person as a to stand up in the press conferences than, than, uh, than Kylie, the Harvard grad. I've never seen anybody do it better than that. She is a devout Christian. Um, if you've heard her testimony, I mean, I've, I've never seen a better selection. And I'm talking now, you know, as a, as a Christian first and then as an American, but um, and as a conservative, you know, uh, individual, I, I've never seen a better choice nor have I ever seen a better choice for a vice president. And, and in both of those cases, son, those are two of the best Christians I've ever seen uh, in, in that sort of a role. Now, um, I, I don't say the same thing about Donald Trump, that he's one of the best Christians I've ever seen, okay? Um, but, but I'm very hopeful that he is born again. I'm blown away by the incredible choices that he's made. I'm thankful for, extremely thankful, for the, you know, the solid conservatives that he seeks to put on, you know, the, the, the Supreme Court. Um, we, we have a Judeo-Christian heritage in America, but um, we are not a theocracy. Um, nobody's wanting us to be a theocracy. You know, God's kingdom is separate than, um, than the United States of America. Uh, those are two different entities. They overlap. But um, no one can be or should be forced to become a Christian. So all that, just to kind of answer your very good question, you know, do we expect too much out of Trump as Christians? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think what we expect out of him, he is delivered in many respects. But certainly um, there's a lot of room to grow in, in terms of um, other, other aspects of his, of his life, of his witness. Um, uh, of the way he deals with, with other people. And like all of us, son, you know, President Trump is a work in progress. Um, but I, I'm not going to be at all surprised uh, for us to see him with us in heaven. Um, having said that, he's, he's far from a perfect individual. But I, I do believe, I, I find it hard to believe, son, how somebody who's not born again, and he's a professing Christian, okay, not everybody who professes to be is one, but He's a professing Christian, but I find it hard to believe that, that you know, for somebody, if he's not, um, if he's not following the lead of the Holy Spirit in many regards, how do you end up with that sort of a person like Kylie there? Am I saying her name right? Um, uh, Kaylee, or Kaylee, Kaylee, I guess. Yeah, Kaylee. I thought I had that wrong, maybe. And then, and then Mike Pence. I mean, how do you surround yourself with these just, um, just, super strong Christian people. Um, so I think he's made so many good decisions, but you know, like all of us, son, and, and I'll conclude with that, I think maybe what happened at the debate is, I mean, who's, who's going to become under more spiritual attack than, than President Trump right now? Um, I didn't get the sense that he was the man that was spiritually ready for, for, for last night. And, and I think because of that, I think um, he can do much better. He can, he, he can, he can be much more under control and still get the same points across. And with the exception of maybe one, one issue that I'm sure we'll talk about, I, I don't really know that there were any really policy things that I felt like were, wow, you know, I wouldn't have thought he'd be talking about that. You know, so from that standpoint, you know, we kind of got what we expected. But he could have done much better in terms of presenting a, a, a meek, uh, and by that I mean strength under control. You know, I mean, you know, people respect humility. Uh, people get turned off by arrogance, um, and and that's one thing as Christians, you know. I mean, we we are we are called to be meek. We are called to be humble. I mean, my goodness, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a more meek politician than Mike Pence, um, who is as strong as strong can be on the issues. But my goodness, you you want to see a man strength under pressure? I I've been so impressed with him. I can't even tell you. And and I'll tell you what, Tucson. 
I mean, I think the spiritual roots for him go very deep. You know, he's been a Christian a long time. A lot of this is new to Donald Trump. And um, so, again, I mean, you know, you, you got to cut a person's slack whenever they're new to something, especially, you know, if you're new to, to Christianity, you know. Um, so, you know, that those those are a few of my thoughts. I'm sorry that got a little bit longer maybe than it, than it should have. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Pence. One of the interesting things about Pence and politics and everything, because I agree with you with Pence. I mean, he's he is a, a strong advocate for what a politician and a Christian politician should actually be like, you know, yeah. um, both in witness, both in um, actions, you know, word and deed. I think, you know, Pence really puts that together. But here's the here's right. the here's the almost comical thing. If it wasn't sad. Yeah. OK, you look at. Trump and let's take Biden. Let's throw them both in this in this mix right now. Okay, mm-hmm. both have been accused of having uh, sexual, um, you want to call it assaults against other people, um, right. you know, sexual crimes, whatever whatever you want to label it as. You know, some say it right. might have been misunderstandings. Others say that it was actually mm-hmm. criminal activities. Whatever. But people have come out mm-hmm. and have accused both candidates, both Trump and Biden, of sexual improprieties. Okay, mm-hmm. then you take a look at Pence. Remember when Pence came in? He was the guy yeah. that like wouldn't even, and I think Billy Graham was this way too. You know, these these people won't even have dinner or go out with any other person yeah. other than their wife, yeah. any other female, because they don't yeah. want any type of misconstrued or any type of misunderstanding of who they're with. Yeah. And then they get slammed for that. It's like you know they get slammed for for those convictions and for having that decency to only go out with their spouse, only be seen with their spouse, and if they're with other people, make sure other people are around so that there is no misconstrued uh, activity right. going on. And yet, so he gets slammed for that, and it's kind of like people p- make up your mind. You know, you're slamming people, <laughs> right, you're slamming exactly. politicians for one thing, and granted, those are yeah. egregious. But on the yes. flip side, then how can you slam somebody for taking the cautious yes. steps to be like, you know what, I'm only going to go out with my spouse and that's it. And you're not going to see me alone yes. with any other female. And then they clown yes. him on that. It's like, come on, man. How can you sit there and have both, you know, talking out of both sides of your mouth that way? And so that's why sometimes yes. I think it gets uh, a little bit hard for some people in uh, just kind of viewing the political world. Because mm-hmm. after the debates last night, I saw a lot of people that had mixed opinions and stuff, and especially coming from Christians, mixed opinions yeah. about things. Because I think the right. influences that they're getting from people, and take Christians, for example, the influences they're getting from religious leaders is so mm-hmm. confusing as well. Because you've got someone like Mike Pence, who is probably living more of an exemplary life than maybe some ministers are. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, and so you yeah. get this confusion. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are sitting and looking at our political nature and they're in a confused state because you've got religious leaders on both ends, you know, pulling you yeah. from one spectrum to the next. You've got people denouncing good behavior and promoting bad behavior and denouncing bad behavior and right. promoting good behavior. Right, I mean, right. it's just such convolution going on out there that I think people are having a hard time. And if you're not a Christian and you don't look at it through the world of the biblical scriptures, then you're just kind of going to be, you know, Think like you need some sort of Prozac or something to to yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of make sense of stuff because we are in a frenzied political nature that is completely bonkers unless you look at it through yeah. the biblical lens and then you make more sense of it. But it is kind of bizarre that even someone like Pence would get criticized yeah. for his actions, even though he is probably yeah. the yeah. epitome of that you know spiritual politician that we should be looking for. Well, that that's right, son. And you know, I'm thinking here too as we're as we're talking about these things that. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to honestly critique, you know, President Trump in an area where I think many Christians would say we think he could have done better in that area. But at the same time, we're not losing sight of the big picture. Um, I was talking to somebody this morning, and that, that's what I was telling them, that because um, we were both in agreement with what, what we felt, you know, Trump could have done much better on in terms of uh, kind of the optics, uh, kind of the, uh, you know, the, the tone, the just the just the whole interrupting thing okay but 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 here's the deal son and this is what many many christians realize um we live in a nation that has sanctioned officially the killing of the unborn and you know you'll hear people say things like well you know um you know you don't want to have a litmus test for a, a candidate or for a supreme court nominee or this or that well you know for christians um there will always be um, a, a litmus test of sorts for someone who has the Holy Spirit living in them 
when you consider um, the innocence and the vulnerability of an unborn child. And, and, and if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, okay, um, how in the world can you be anything other than pro-life? Um, how can you not see that someone who, who's promoting abortion, supporting abortion, and even just, just the, the gruesome, you know, late-term abortion um, that, that, you know, um, so many on the left seem to be supporting and then are supporting, not just seem to be, but, but are, um, you know, you look at that as a Christian with the Holy Spirit living within you, and you say, you know what, if we have a candidate uh, who, who we individually um, really like what he or she stands for, and we like, you know, their conservative uh, approach to, uh, you know, fiscal things, we, 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 we like their conservative approach to law and order. And, and, and uh, we, 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 we like their, um, you know, their approach to equality uh, among all races, which, you know, that, that's, that's truly a conservative value, you know. Um, um, but, but what we especially like is the fact that they are outraged at what's happening to the unborn, um, they see that as the greatest travesty just about in our nation, as I know Ronald Reagan did and, and many have, you know, uh, since him. So w when we talk about, we kind of have a, a critique of, let's say, someone, uh, you know, in the case of Donald Trump, who I think arguably has been the most pro-life president, you know, um, in our history. Uh, you know, what we're not doing is... Um, wanting to condone unnecessary behavior, um, certainly rudeness, um, a lack of control. You know, we don't want to condone that. We want to try to clean that up, help him to clean that up, you know. Uh, but, but if you're going to talk about two candidates, one who is pro-abortion and one who is pro-life, you know, Christians, I mean, those with the Holy Spirit within them, you know, Many, at least, I'll say, you know, most, hopefully, uh, vast majority, hopefully, would, would, would look at that and say, you know, those two candidates are on two different planets. I mean, even if the guy who's pro-life is rude, even if he has a lot to learn about um, how to talk uh, to other people, even if he has a lot to learn in other areas of life, um, you know, I, I think there are so many Christians who um, can't even fathom, can't even fathom ever supporting anyone in, in, in any, any venture if, if they're going to promote abortion. I mean, that, that, so you say, is there a litmus test? Well, yes. I mean, you know, Jesus had a litmus test for doing here, you know, and let's put it this way, in the Old Testament, you know, God had a litmus test. The Father, um, you know, the Son and the Holy Spirit, you know, they all gave us the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. So that's a litmus test. You know, you, you can't go out and be a murderer and then claim to be doing anything for God. It doesn't work that way, you know? Now, you can make the same argument. You can't go out and be an adulterer and claim to be doing anything for God. But what's interesting about the, the things that have come up about Trump and, and Biden and other politicians is, you know, I mean, the Lord knows how many of those situations are true, uh, you know, where there was uh, adultery, if and where that happened. But what we're especially interested in that, in, in that situation, son, is not only maybe what a politician has done, but even more importantly, what are they planning to do? You know, um, are, are they planning to promote adultery? Are they planning to be adulterers? If they say they're not, then we want to try to take them at their word. Okay, so maybe they were uh, in favor of murder. Maybe they were in favor of abortion, okay? Well, you know, there have been some people who, who had to really see the light on that issue. But if you're going to stand there as a human being and say you are still in favor of the killing of the unborn, then it, it, it's really a no-brainer. How could anyone with the Holy Spirit in them ever? I, I'm not saying somebody would necessarily vote for the other candidate. I mean, if, if they could not in good conscience vote for them, well, then that's, you know, that's between them and their Lord and, and their decision. But how could anyone with the Holy Spirit living in them 
um, through faith in Jesus Christ ever cast a vote for someone who says, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of abortion. Um, I support abortion. I think that that should remain the law of the land, that it should be legal to do that. You know, that, that blows my mind, you know, but, but I'll say this was fun. If a candidate were saying I'm in favor of adultery, you know, um, I, I'm in favor of stealing, thou shalt not steal, you know, um, then I, I, I think we would likewise be appalled and, and, you know, most Christians would not be able to vote for someone like that. So the, the abortion thing is, is a million times more important than the important issue of how a candidate behaves during a debate. And if you're going to behave like a bully, that's a problem. Okay, that's a problem. But, but if we're going to compare that to the slaughter of the unborn, those are, those are like two different planets in terms of the importance of those issues. Yeah, I think most people would agree that the performance last night, if you're looking specifically at Trump from the biblical perspective, you know, was that of, you know, a toddler. Um, there's no doubt about that. But then again, you know, you can't dismiss the actions of the others. Uh, does the no. ends of both justify the means? No. But again, you know, everybody was in the wrong last night. But from right. the Trump perspective, here's the thing that I don't understand from Christians. OK, like you yeah. mentioned, OK. You have two choices, and I'm not advocating to vote for either. I'm just bringing up a, right. uh, the, 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 right. the conversation. You have Christians that are so focused on trying to point out all of the president's flaws as a Christian. Yeah. You know, so, it's yeah. a, so they look at him as a Christian, and then here's all his flaws, and they want to point it out. And then they question other people, other believers – as to how mm-hmm. can you support a guy? You know, you said you uh, support Trump. So yeah. they would say, they would say, Pastor, how can you support Trump? Because he does all this stuff. And then they're going to like, you know, uh, say that you're in the wrong for doing that. Okay. Yeah. But yet, and, and it just happens to be in this particular voting, um, mm-hmm. uh, election cycle. I mean, even back in 20, yeah. 2016, these Christians that I know weren't advocate against Trump. This just happens to be in this yeah. voting cycle. There was no yeah. outrage back when, um, Clinton, you know, was having his, uh, you know, promiscuous activities yeah. with, you know, yeah. Monica Lewinsky. Um, you right. know, like you said, Biden, you know, supposedly is a Catholic. Uh, that's what he claims. So we'll go with that. But yet he's right. pro-abortion, like you mentioned, you know, about the abortion issue right. um, and stuff right. like that. So it's like, how is it that all of a sudden, and it goes back to what you had mentioned earlier about the spiritual battle that we face, because all these yeah. Christians are, are taking their kind of moral outrage against a guy who professes to be a Christian as the president because of these issues that they see with him, but then they don't talk out against all these other things. I mean, could you imagine, like, for example, with the protesting, with the abortion issue, if all these people took their energy to fight, like in this case, if they're, if they're right, a Christian, right. the abortion issue, or if they're out there to fight against these other causes, like maybe Antifa or maybe yeah. uh, terrorism that's going on in our country with the rioting and the looting. And that was, I guess, right. the big deal last night was this. And again, to, for transparency, I didn't see it. Um, I read plenty of stuff to know about the debate, but I didn't see it because I had other things going on. Sure. Um, but apparently there was something in there about, you know, denouncing white supremacy. And then all of a sudden now these, yeah. uh, what are these, these poor boys or proud boys, whatever they are that yeah. first of all right, nobody right. knew who they were everybody is yeah. outraged that i guess trump didn't denounce them but nobody knew who they were until biden brought them up um right because biden biden was the one that introduced that into the conversation um yeah but so you know and so instead of denouncing the antifa i know christians that were actually out there saying that we need to be protesting that we need to be out mm-hmm. there doing this because that's how change mm-hmm. comes about and i'm thinking to myself well, if we just yeah. were on our knees praying more, I think that would probably could bring about more change than out there and 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 being a part of or associated with Antifa and other you know yeah. things that are going on. And so again, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, um, you know, it seems like Christians could be doing more to yeah. combat real issues that are plaguing uh-huh. Christians and plaguing our country yeah. than just attacking yeah. a guy through social media. You know, those the social, you know, media justices out there, you know. It's like you can yeah. do more than condemn the president and yet uh-huh. allow all these other things to go on and it's almost hypocritical for them to do that. Yeah. Yeah, son. You know, um you know, one of the things, of course, you know, uh, that, that we do in churches, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 30 years. So I never have um, tried to tell people how they should vote or try to I've, I've never pushed, you know, this candidate or that candidate from the pulpit. Um, I've always, you know, preached the word of God. And that that addresses 
um, so many of these key issues that you're talking about, you know, social issues, moral issues, um, you know, we in our church, we, we don't, you know, advocate for one candidate or the other, uh, but, but we talk about, you know, sin and righteousness and grace. And, and, um, and so rather than I as a pastor or, or us at our church, you know, trying to tell people how to vote, what, what we can do is but what you and I are doing here and what we should do is then evaluate, you know, moral issues that come up, like the one you mentioned last night at the debate. You know, I, I think Trump had an opportunity there um, when he was asked to denounce white supremacy. You know, it would have been very easy for him just to say what I, I'm, I'm sure he believes. Um, uh, you know, I certainly think he believes that all races are equal. There is no supreme race. Um, we're all equal. We've all been created equal. I mean, that would have been very easy to say. And, and, and instead, um, when he then made reference to that group that I think Biden brought up, and like you say, whether it be Proud Boys or Proud Boys, I'd never heard of them. But apparently, you know, they're a group that like Antifa, although maybe not nearly as active and maybe not, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't hear about them in the news out destroying things the way Antifa seems to be, but, you know, maybe they are. I just, like I said, I haven't heard of them. But I did look them up enough today just to see that they seem to stand for, you know, violence, uh, you know, if, if, um, if they don't get what they want. And, and so I think the two words that, that Trump then maybe just in the spur of the moment without really thinking much about it, hopefully, you know, he made a comment about like, you know, once Biden referred to them, then Trump repeated the name of the group. And I think he said, you know, maybe stand down, you know, stand by, stand by. Well, that was a very poor choice of words on his part. And I, I hope he comes out quickly to clarify that because that then gives the impression that somehow this radical group that neither of you or I had even heard of, but apparently is out there and, and, you know, they're just as radical in their ideology. It sounds like maybe as, as um, you know, some of these other, you know, violent uh, anarchists and so forth. Um, you know, if, if, if he doesn't denounce that, if he doesn't make very clear that, that all races are equal, then he's not doing the right thing. And that's, that's not only just from a Christian standpoint, um, you know, that, that's just uh, right and wrong, even, even apart from Christianity, if you will. Um, you know, even if he wasn't a Christian, um, I don't care who you are as a political candidate, if you're going to promote one race being superior to the other, then you're in the wrong. And I don't believe Donald Trump is doing that, but I just think he could have done a much better job of clarifying that. And I think it was a mistake for him to use those words stand by. Uh, I'm hoping he, it was just, he misspoke. In fact, I heard Tim Scott, who is a, uh, a strong conservative lawmaker. Um, uh, he's a black, uh, lawmaker, and I heard him say that he thinks Trump maybe misspoke and that um, he'll have an opportunity to clarify that. But, um, you know, there are some amazing conservative people in our land who are working in the realm of politics or in the courts. Um, you look at, you know, Clarence Thomas, for example. Um, I mean, we need more and more people of every race um, to stand up for the truth, to stand up for conservative values, for law and order, for the unborn, for freedom, um, for, um, you know, uh, fiscal responsibility. Um, and, and we're only talking here about the, the, the world kingdom. So that's not nearly as important as, as, as the job that we as Christians have to build the kingdom of God, which, you know, that kind of gets into the Amy Coney Barrett um, story a little bit more, maybe. Um, and here's a, here's, here's a, a woman who is a, a devout, a devout Christian. She's Catholic. Um, and now she has been chosen by the president. And, and so, um, Bill Maher was quoted as, no, he, he said it, I mean, on TV, I mean, in his program, and he refers to her as an effing nut. And he says the F word, um, that that sort of mindset, that sort of, I mean, you know, that really, that, that, that's like what Trump was doing to Biden times um, 10,000 in terms of how egregious it is, how offensive it is, how evil it is. 
for him to refer to this mother of seven who's a devout Christian who has adopt, uh, adopted two children from Haiti, who knows what their life would have been like if, 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 if uh, this family had not adopted them, who, had, who their youngest is a Down syndrome uh, child, and you're going to refer to her as an effing nut, um, that is 10,000 times more egregious than what I saw Donald Trump doing last night uh, to Joe Biden. 10,000 times more egregious. 10,000 times darker um, coming from a pit of hell. The pit of hell. Um, you know, and, and so that man needs to get on his knees um, and, and repent of what he did publicly there, what he said, because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And anyone who can refer to that, that woman, son, with those words is in such a dark, dark, dark place in their soul, uh, which, you know, I mean, you know, Bill Maher has, you know, said he's an atheist and this and that, but, you know, um, atheists live in a dark place, but, but Bill Maher apparently lives in a place that is, you know, the blackest darkness, because I, I don't know how anyone who's not living in the blackest darkness could use those words for this woman. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, now, uh, if somebody says, well, hey, you're judging him. Well, I'm judging what was done. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm judging the, the behavior, just like we're trying to apply some judgment to the behavior of the debate, just like we're trying to apply some judgment to abortion. You know, um, I mean, I don't look at Bill Maher and think, oh, I'm better than him. We're all sinners. I don't look down on him as though I'm better than him because I'm not. That would be judging. Um, I'm no more deserving of, of God's grace than he or anyone. So that would be judging if I thought so. But if we can't call out a behavior, and I know, son, one of these weeks we're going to be talking about that, that, uh, that Netflix uh, show, Cuties. So if we can't call out things that are vulgar and offensive, and, and um, just as a little, I guess, teaser toward that, I, I saw um, – that 33 lawmakers have now uh, sent a letter to the attorney general uh, of, of our nation asking that, um, that Netflix be, uh, be charged with um, promoting child pornography because of that cutie series. So uh, I think we'll be talking about that here in a week or two, but um, you know, if, if we can't call those things out on and call them what they are without, well, you're judging. Well, everybody judges, everybody makes decisions about things. It's when you judge people, when you condemn them, when you say, I'm better than them, you know, like the Pharisees did. Oh, well, you know, they never thought, you know, they, they were sinful. It was all the other people, the evildoers, the, the adulterers, the tax collectors, you know, all those people. So, so if I were to look down on Bill Maher and say, well, hey, look at me, you know, I'm a pastor and there's, you know, filthy Bill Maher. No, no, we're all sinners. But if behavior cannot be evaluated, then we should just stop talking about anything. Let's just shut down everything. Let's just shut down the internet. Let's just shut down churches. If you can't ever address anything, in fact, when it comes to Christians now, the Bible says we're, you know, we're, we're supposed to judge things. We're supposed to judge doctrine. We're supposed to judge behavior. We have to be careful if we're talking about someone else. You know, here, here's a podcast. So, you know, pastor, you're bringing up Bill Maher. Well, it's in the public setting. It's not a private thing. I wouldn't bring it up if maybe he did it to me privately. I mean, I'm not going to say that. That would be, have been done, you know, in confidence. But if he's going to do it publicly, then, then it's, it's fair game to address um, the rightness or the wrongness of it. While at the same time, you know, making it clear that, you know, hey, we're all guilty of sin. None of us deserve God's grace any more than Bill Maher does. But is that the kind of nation we want to live in? Where people get on TV and refer to a woman like Amy Coney Barrett as an effing nut? Um, where, doesn't somebody who um, oversees those networks, don't they have a responsibility to come down hard on that? And if not, is that what you want kids hearing? Is that the nation you want to live in? If, if somebody as noble as Amy Coney Barrett is going to be treated that way, what have we become?
you know, what have we become? You know, Dan, you mentioned cuties, and um, there was a big cry or outcry, I should say, about cut the cord or cut Netflix, cancel Netflix. I think it was a hashtag cancel Netflix. And I know um, a lot of people that were, you know, in support of that, you know, uh, from a faith-based sure. perspective. I know some sure. people that were in were defending the movie from a faith-based perspective. But there really? was, but, oh my. yeah, which okay. was kind of shocking. But here's the point. There was conversation about that. Yes. Here's the thing. Yes. You mentioned our, not one, you were the first person that I've ever heard that, uh, called them out on that. Not one of these people mm. cancel HBO. Um, mm. you know, mm. cancel, you know, the, from, from, from believers that I know, cancel HBO yeah. or, or, you know, Bill Maher should be off the air, whatever. No outrage whatsoever. And like you said, wow. you know, his comments were so egregious towards somebody that they didn't even yeah. care. And, and that's, and that's, and that's the, the frustration that I get from people, especially the people I know is they'll sit there and be quick to judge. Yeah the the president okay yeah and yes. and yet these other things go on and they don't say a word not one p yes. they still have yes. their net, they still have their hbo you know subscriptions and yes. they're still watching whatever it is on yep. hbo i've never had hbo in my entire life except for the occasional yes. free months you know three free months on signing right, up for something exactly. but i've never oh, yeah. paid for yeah, hbo because yep. i've just never had it i've never watched it you know um yep. and and things and people are like there, that, like that should have been, you know, there should have been a hashtag cancel HBO after that because again, right. he's just going straight out and attacking, you know, Christianity, attacking religion. And that's the one foundation that this country is, is freedom of religious persecution. The other thing yeah. that I think people missed was about this Proud Boys thing is that, you know, which I think is equally egregious and no one's calling him out on it is Ooh. Biden said Antifa is an idea. It's not an organization. It's an idea. It's a thought. Well, you know what? That's excusing their behavior because look at all the stuff that they're doing out there that is damaging. Look at all the evil that Antifa is doing and a part of, and yet people aren't condemning them either. So they want to condemn a guy who is sitting there and won't condemn white supremacy, although I would take objection to there because he did say just a couple days ago through his uh, platinum plan, I think it is, that he is going to uh, make Antifa, KKK, and some of these other organizations, he's going to uh, announce that they are terroristic organizations. Okay, So I think he does have a plan. And yes, it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, corrects himself with his comments from last night. But yet, right. they quick to judge him on that. But yet, the Antifa thing—I know people, I know Christians that have marched with Antifa. You know, oh they, they might—they might not have—they might not have been a part of the destruction, or they yeah. might not have been a part of the looting, the destroying, that type of thing. But they've been out in the protests right. with them. They've been out there with right. them, and and that right. to me says a lot about who they are as far as this issue goes. Maybe not as their character overall, but who they are about this issue. Because if you're marching side by side with them, yeah, then you're promoting them. You know, you yeah. can't, you can't, like you said, you can't serve two masters. And I know we all do. No. We all do in this no. world. You know, we have our ties to this world, our sins in this world, Satan right. masters us in this world, and we profess That's to be right. Christians. But yet, when you're sitting there, like you said, and, and openly supporting something right. that is egregious as Antifa. So again, there, you can't have to, you can't have, uh, you know, condemnation towards one person for maybe no. or maybe not condemning white supremacy. But then you right. say nothing to a guy who has nothing to say about condemning yeah. his. You know, and then he even came out, Biden came out and said, hey, let's, uh, you know, he, he, he commented, Proud Boys are bad, but yet still nothing yeah. about Antifa. So again, and people don't wow. say anything about that. People don't say anything about Mao saying, hey, you know, F you for the, for having, you know, she's a nut, um, you know, and all this stuff. And it's, and it's amazing that, and that's the whole point of, of, of it for me is that it's amazing that Christians will still sit there and go, go on social media. And I see it all the time, condemn the president for X, Y, or Z. Yet yes. all these other things, things right. that existed right. even before he was present, like racism, racism right. has been around forever. Yet somehow it's his fault, um, and they yeah. and they don't yeah. and they don't cry out against the, the 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 different things that are going on because they're just focused right. on him. And I think that's Satan grabbing the Christian world and distracting yeah. them from yeah. all the other things that he's doing because. He's just running the muck right now, Satan is, and he's having his way, and he's having a, uh, a heyday at it. I mean, it's like his Super Bowl. It's his World Series. He's got a lot of right. stuff going on that he is just attacking, and he is winning, and he is taking people down with him. And I want to ask you this, if I can, and yep. feel free to comment on, on whatever, because I know we're going in all kinds of directions, but sure. do you think how important now is it as a pastor, as religious mm -hmm. leaders, uh, not mm -hmm. just you specifically, but others, yeah. to have a, a correct 
biblical theology message out there. Like you mentioned, you don't preach politics from the pulpit. Um, right. I know, I know, I know I've been in churches where they do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's spiritual leaders out there that are influencing a lot of people. I see the influence on social media and in conversations yeah. and in actions and stuff like that. How important is it for people now to really find somebody that is biblically based and grounded in the fundamentals of Christianity, uh, the way the Bible speaks it, versus just, you know, following people who profess to be Christians, but yet all over the map when it comes to these uh, social issues? Well, I appreciate that question, Sam, because that that really brings us to what is the, the most critical need um, in, in our world. Um, as, as much as we all would, would want to live in a nation where a lot of these problems we talked about today, where they weren't here or they were, um, they were fixed, you know, just like, um, you know, uh, so many people in our nation, you know, hopefully 99% or more of our people in our nation, um, are, are in agreement that, that when, when slavery got fixed, that was greatly needed. And, and wherever racism continues today, that needs to be fixed. Um, wherever there's prejudice, say that needs to be fixed. Um, you know, we we, we want to live in a nation that is as much like heaven on earth as possible. But we also understand, Son, to go to your question here, that, that there is a real kingdom, um, the kingdom of God that exists. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. There's a kingdom that, that comes within you when you repent and believe the good news and when you're born again. Because on the front end of your relationship with God, you're saved, you're, you're redeemed, you're, you're justified, you're forgiven, you're born again. And, and so it's critical that that happens. Because if that doesn't happen, then the person remains lost in their sin. And even if they lived in a, in a land where so many improvements were made, and, and, and there were no comments like, like what we talked about uh, with Bill Maher on HBO, and, and, and where there was no cutie show on Netflix, and where people weren't hating one another and weren't rioting and weren't destroying things. Even if we had that kind of society, all right, um, you still have a soul. You still have a body that's going to die. You're still going to stand before your creator one day. You still have sin. You, 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 you still have the greatest need in your life unmet if you've not yet come to Christ and accepted him as your savior and believed in his death for your sins. So, so that's, that's, you know, I've been saying a few times that, you know, well, this thing's 10,000 times more important. Let's just say the need for personal salvation and conversion is a million times, to put it mildly, a million times more important than everything else we've talked about today, because it involves where you, the listener today, are going to spend eternity in one of two places, in either heaven or in hell. Jesus made that very clear. When your body dies, you'll go immediately to one of those two places. Now, if you're born again, saved, justified, forgiven, and redeemed, you'll go straight to heaven. If you're not, you'll go to hell. Not because God wants you there, because he doesn't. But because of your unbelief, the sin of unbelief, along with all your other sins. We all have sins. We're all equally sinful. Um, Along with the other sins, Um, you're falling short of God's perfect standard. You will go to hell. But God doesn't want that. And there's still time. For that to be averted, for that to be avoided. Um, today is the day of salvation. So, um, Son, you asked a very important question. Why is that so important today? Because souls hang in the balance. You know, uh, people talk about the soul of America. And, and, you know, it seems like every every time, you know, in recent years, it's like, well, this is the most important election in our lifetime. And that's probably true. So you could argue that the soul of America, there is, there's really no such thing, but we, we know what people mean by that. You know, the future of our nation, the health of our nation, it hangs in the balance. And that's true. But more importantly to you, my friend, in, in the big scheme of things, is where is your soul today? Is it well with your soul? You know, Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? So let's just say you're a, a, you know, a big political person on the right or on the left. Let's just say you get some things accomplished uh, with the agenda that you feel is the right agenda. Or maybe you're, you're, you're uh, you know, all for a Green New Deal, or you're all for a particular Supreme Court uh, pick, or you're all for a particular tax plan or a health plan or health care, whatever it might be, and you get that accomplished, all right? 
And maybe you, you play a key role in it. Maybe you're even one of the ones voting for it. Uh, maybe even as a lawmaker. But then you die. And your soul uh, leaves your body. Um, if you're not with the Lord, what have you gained? You're not going to be in hell thinking, oh boy, you know, we got that Green New Deal passed, or we got that tax plan passed, or boy, I'm so glad we got that health care plan. No, no, you won't be thinking that at all. You will be in so much agony. You'll be in so much pain. You'll be in so much horror and regret that none of those things will matter. That's what we're talking about. That's why it's so important. So when we talk about things on this earthly level, and they involve politics and things, we have to remember that is minor, minor, minor compared to the health of your soul and where you will spend eternity. And even if though right now you're not thinking about it, that just only proves all the more why you need to be. Because if we knew how many people died and then all of a sudden their eyes were open to eternity because they're there, they're in it. I mean, they're in that next, they're in that next place, the, the, the their eternal place of residence either heaven or hell. And the Bible says salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name uh, under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, the Pharisee, you must be born again. So that, my friend, is really what, what Psalm's question addresses. Why is that so important? Well, because you're not going to want to be in hell. You are not going to want to be in hell. Um, so if God were to say to you today, why should I let you into heaven? What would you tell him? Let's check your pulse right now. Let's check your blood pressure. If you have blood pressure, what would you tell him? Take a moment. Think about it. You're standing at heaven's gate. God says, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Now, now, do you have your answer? If you are typical, your answer may be something like, well, I, I, I don't know. I've tried to live by the golden rule, tried to be a moral person, tried to do the right thing, tried to do more good than bad, tried to love other people. And if your answer is something like that, my friend, then I would say to you today in Christian love that I'm not getting any pulse from you. Um, you don't just have low blood pressure. You seem to have no blood pressure. Your, your spirit does not seem alive based on that answer. Um, because here's the thing. When you come alive spiritually, it's only because you stop relying on your efforts to be saved. And you begin relying on what Jesus did on the cross for you. Uh, you know, the Bible says all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. So the person who's thinking, well, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm living by the golden rule. No pulse, no blood pressure, under a curse. Well, I'm trying to obey the Ten Commandments to get into heaven. No blood pressure, no pulse, you're under a curse. Well, I'm trying to be religious. No blood pressure, no pulse, under a curse. Well, my parents are Christians, so doesn't that count? No blood pressure, no pulse, under a curse. Now, I'm saying that to you in love, but I'm not saying that as though, well, uh, you know, um, you're, you're a terrible sinner. Everybody else is, you know, no, we're all sinful. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm saying that because you need to know today where you stand. And if you don't yet know Christ as your Savior, if you've not yet received him through faith, if you're trying to earn your way to heaven, then I say to you in Christian love, you have no blood pressure at the level of your soul. It is not well with your soul, but it could be today. Just call on the name of the Lord. Just say, Jesus, even right now, just say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Be my savior. Um, be my shepherd, shepherd of my soul. Take care of my soul, Lord. Bring me to heaven one day. Wash away my sin with the blood you shed for me on the cross. You say, Dan, it can't be that easy. Well, the reason it's so easy to obtain salvation is because it costs God so much the death of his son. And so today, my friend, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about politics, but here where Son led us here in these final moments today is into a much more important area. Because trust me, you're not going to care one bit about politics 100 years from now. All you're going to care about is how much joy you're experiencing in paradise or how much agony you're in in hell. That's it. And the only reason we know that is because God revealed that to us in the Bible. He's given that message to us. Jesus made it very clear. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. The small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So there'll be no poles on that day. 
well, let, let's vote on, on where we, we, we think people should be. It, it won't be like that. You know, it'll be you and God. And, and today is, is the day to make your reservation for heaven. And then the second half, and you know, we talked about this a lot, but maybe not as much today. The second half of Psalm's question is, why is it so important? So that we can live for Christ today. And that kind of brings us full circle to what we started with there with the debate last night. Where we started with is, you know, on, on that Christian life issue, many of us kind of wish that President Trump had taken a different tack, you know. But that, that's how, how Christianity is to be lived out. And as we said today, there are all sorts of different issues that that, that, that brings up. But, but, but it is important that we live as Christians and let our light shine. Uh, and, and that's why, to answer your question, Son, why it's important for people today to find a good church where the gospel is preached and where the word of God is being proclaimed, because it's tough. I mean, President Trump has a very tough job. He's under tremendous spiritual attack. Now, that doesn't excuse any poor behavior, but, but it in part maybe helps to explain a little bit how can a guy with millions of Christians praying for him still at times come up short on some of those things uh, with his, you know, the way he, he's talking or whatever? Well, you try it. You try being underneath all those. I mean, he isn't Jesus who was able to resist uh, the temptations of the devil perfectly and never sinned even one time. Because if he had, he wouldn't qualify to be anybody's savior. He's not Jesus. Even though we want presidents who, who profess Christ to be like Jesus all the time, and we want pastors who, who we want them to be like Jesus all the time, and we want you know, Christians in churches and families to be like Jesus all the time, I mean, that's the goal, but we fall short. President Trump falls short. You and I fall short. Joe Biden falls short. Um, but there's only one Savior. There's only one Savior. Today, will you come to Christ? Will you trust in him? If so, it'll be well with your soul. Doesn't mean life will be perfect or you'll be perfect, but you're going to have now, you're going to have salvation. And you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit within you um, to really fill you with, with God's direction for your life. As you stay in the Word, as you stay in the Bible, as you read the Bible, as you are part of a church that, where you can help to grow in your faith and start to grow in your faith. And this is what we pray for President Trump a professing Christian, and why, to just, I'll just conclude it with this, you know, really here, son, why so many of us as Christians could not have been more thrilled when he chose Mike Pence as his running mate. Because if you want to see a guy who's rooted deep in Christ, and what that looks like, then you study the life of Mike Pence. Am I saying he's perfect? No. But I'm saying he is deeply rooted in Christ, not only in word, but in deed. And I believe the same thing about Amy Coney Barrett. And I believe the same thing about Kaylee, or Kayla, uh, President Trump's uh, press secretary there. I believe the same thing. I believe you see it in their life. And listen to them. Pull up a video. Pull up uh, her uh, testimony when she had a, a preemptive double mastectomy because of uh, breast cancer in her family. And, and, and how relying on the Lord for that. I mean, you pull, listen to that. Listen to that young woman who's in that position that she's in and you talk about grace under fire okay so president trump doesn't always have grace under fire but listen to her listen to mike pence and you'll see what jesus can do in a life including the life of a politician or a public figure and he wants to do that in our lives as well and so son we, we ask god to help us and we thank god anytime there's a bright shining light in this culture today who can shine the light like those two people i just mentioned um, it is truly uh, exciting to see Jesus shine that brightly, even in uh, a dark time in our in our land, uh, like like God is doing today. Dan Dozell, as always, we thank you for your time, for your message, and for just giving us insight into uh, the things that go on this uh, go on in this world from your perspective. Um, again, you can find Dan at the Christian Post. And you can just Google his name, and the articles come up if you want to find out more. And then also, uh, you got Facebook too. If people want to maybe hear your sermons or find out a little bit more about the church, whatever you guys are on on Facebook, where's that at? Yeah, at uh, Redeemer. Uh, just search for Redeemer in Papillion, P A P I L L I O N, Papillion, Nebraska, and that'll pull up our our Facebook page there. And uh, and so there are uh, video messages on there that, that a person could watch. And then like you say, son, just all the, I think over 500 articles there at the Christian Post on a whole host of topics, uh, many of which you and I have talked about over the years on, uh, you know, different radio interviews and your podcasts. So uh, yeah, I would invite people to go there anytime. 
And uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And then um, we also uh, post, I also post these on Podbean. Uh, you can just search uh, from nonsense to godsense. And also my Facebook page, I put it on Facebook too. And you can just put facebook.com backslash uh, my name, Son Edom, S-O-N-N-E-I-D-E-M. And you can see them there as well. But, uh, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We look forward to future conversations. And um, there's definitely going to be a lot of things to be talking about here in the near future. Absolutely, Son. And thank you today just for, you know, a a topic where um, I think both of us probably don't necessarily get into political, per se, issues uh, a lot. But when, when, when these political issues are at their root, many times moral issues, um, I just appreciate your willingness to, to go where, where we need to go to address issues in the culture. So thank you for having me along for the ride again today, and I, I look forward to next time. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.